Hey, I'm Fred. And I'm Ed. And this is Create a Generation. Create a Generation of Hype. All right, Frederico, we're back with another one of these. What am I talking about? What's happening this week? Well, we're back with a new season, and with a new season comes more Q&A roulette, where we answer your top questions. Hey, uh, before we get started, if you like this podcast that we've put together for you, please let us know on Apple Podcasts by leaving a review. We'd love to hear what you think about it. All right, Frederico, you get to spin her up first, I reckon, and ask the question. Did somebody say menu log? Awesome. <laughs> that was a genuine mistake. I pressed the wrong button and got the menu log song. We're still desperate to get menu log to sponsor the podcast. <laughs> All anyone, right, try anyone try knows anyone who menu log. <laughs> Ask your driver. Uh, question number 107. All right, 107. I want to vlog. How will people find my content? Oh, that's a Good question, and good on you for wanting to vlog. Um, I think the discoverability of, of vlogs is the question you're sort of getting to there, is how do, how do you get that found when vlogs typically are more based around personality, right? So how does that link up with suggested videos and or search optimization? big thing is still have a general area of what you vlog about, a general topic, a general niche right like you hear that a lot from youtube because that's still going to help like uh we use this example when we're talking about this a bit and it's like casey neistat he still has a typical audience that he's creating his content for it's a young male and he's he's creating videos about topics and experiences that they're kind of interested in you don't see him creating a cooking vlog one day an electric skateboard vlog the next day a tech review the next and then a me with my child and how I put them to sleep vlog the next day as well. He's typically around tech, adventure, fun, and a bit of electric skateboarding there. So he's generally hitting a very specific type of audience with a specific type of content, using that vlog format to hit them. Um, so you still, in my mind, you still need to find a general area or a niche, a topic area in your audience that you're creating your vlog for and that's going to help your discoverability. Otherwise, you're just going to be relying on people somehow lacking on your content um, and finding you and just you, no matter what you talk about, really engaging. And that's going to be really tricky. Fred, have you got a bounce on that? Yeah, look, that's a good point. Being a vlogger doesn't mean you have to be completely broad. Being specific within an area does help. So you can be a vlogger within, you know, beauty, health, tech, whatever you like. Um, That also helps reflect some more of your passion and gives you more topics to talk about. Um, That said, you know, you should have a strategy that covers a couple of areas, um, especially trying to find content that is evergreen. That basically means it can always be found. Um, and some trending topics as well so that when people are looking for very specific things as they come up in you know society generally uh, they can find you so for example if I was a vlogger in beauty um, there might be a new line of beauty products that come out um, and that's very topical so you do a vlog that incorporates that and you have that new title so that's more easily found um, and for example um, you might want to do something about a healthcare routine that is always going to be present so that might be you know five things I do in the morning when I wake up um, so, you know, those are the kind of things that people might always be searching for. Um, so that will help people find your content more easily. Once they see that and they're attracted to it, then they're able to stay and enjoy all the other vlogging content you have. Boom. That answers it, I reckon. Cool. Let's spin her up, Frederico. Right. 
Ah, 229. I love this question. I'm super boring. Can I still be on YouTube? <laughs> no, not allowed. <laughs> I'm super Next boring. Question. Can I please be <laughs> on YouTube? I think we had a similar question. I don't know if this was in, in this, but someone asked, like, I'm not attractive. Can I still be on YouTube? Um, and, and the answer was always yes. It, it, it doesn't matter. But, okay, I'm super boring. Can I still be on YouTube? Um I think that depends on a couple of things. One is if you see you're, I mean, you're boring and you have no interests and you have nothing you want to say, then I guess why would you want to be on, on YouTube? I guess the idea is, you know, if you're talking about being boring in terms of the way you come across sometimes, um, then yeah, absolutely you can be on YouTube. So the good thing about YouTube and a lot of these platforms, um, are they give you an opportunity to share your passion, right? And it doesn't mean sharing your passion by being an overly enthusiastic person, you can share things you love and want to talk about um, and tap into that audience. And if your personality is a bit, you know, right down the middle, you can still build a persona around that. There are a lot of creators that seem, you know, very dry in their delivery, but they have really great, really wonderful, engaging content around um, the format they use and the structure and how they talk about videos and how they tell stories, for example. All those things make a difference. So there are ways you can stand out that don't mean you have to be purely the most lively and vivacious person in the world, you can still have great content even if you are considered boring in the traditional sense. There's probably some really pe- the people out there making channels that you or I would think would dead set boring, but they will have hundreds of thousands of subscribers and views because they're tapping into a specific thing that people are writing to. So, mm. yeah, I'm down with it. All right, speaking up. All right, where are we? 139. Oh, that's a good one. Should I pay to promote my videos? Yes, the best thing you can do is get one of those people that stands on the street corner with those signs and they spin and dance. It's really effective. <laughs> the better they're, they're better their tricks, the, the more viewers you're going to get. It's really, really effective. Typically, no is probably the short answer for that. Uh, most people are talking about, like, should I pay to have my video promoted within the YouTube system. That doesn't normally end well. You end up with people clicking on your video because it gets sort of forced on them in a way. Um, And more than likely, uh, that ends with people clicking off the video, which will do bad things for your organic reach. And YouTube really is a very, very, very strong organic platform. And that's where you should be really focusing your, your time and effort and making... Uh, your content reach its audience organically. Um, Fred has some, I'll let him have the bit of advice on what you can experiment with, with paid on, on YouTube. But typically it's kind of like, I like to look at it like opportunity costs. Like if you've got a thousand bucks burning a hole in your pocket, you want to put towards promoting your video, you probably could spend that time or money in making better content for your specific audience. Um, mm. Yeah, That's a good way to look at it. Um, I mean, look, at the end of the day, the ad systems are ad systems. So if you're actually running proper ads um, and you're structuring ads around that, then look, that can work for to promote various products and things. Generally, we find it doesn't really work for channels. Um, a couple of reasons. One is the people uh, or most creators who try to put their videos up as ads don't know how to really use the ad system, so they don't really optimize it. So it basically just runs as a bit of content and it can confuse people who are viewing it. I had this the other day come up. I think I was watching a Peppa Pig video or a, just a kid's <laughs> video um, and a really strange bit of content came up that wasn't 
it wasn't offensive, but just completely out of place. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it can be very jarring. So that's something to, to keep in mind. Um, but generally, if I guess if you really want to run an ad for your channel, if you have a channel trailer or something that more suits that, you could use that so people might be interested in that, then come to your channel and view more content. But generally, from what we've seen, um, the channels that have done it haven't had great results from it. Like I said, put your effort into creating better content um, and promoting it through other means. Mm, definitely. And just on that, like, you know, think, say if we are talking a cash money spend on advertising, how could you apply that to your content? Like, you know, maybe you can't make better, that's the best video you can make, but maybe the next one you can collaborate with someone and you might need budget for that. Um, you might mm. have some ideas. Like that's going to definitely have bigger payoff for you long term and probably short term. Anyway, let's spin one up. All right. I wanted the last one. <laughs> All right. Go on right to the top. Number three. Huh. What does an audience find valuable? <laughs> that's a, wow. What does an audience that's find a, valuable? That's a doozy. It's a good question, but also very specific. Is it specifically very broad? I mean, it can be very broad because, like, you know, every audience is different, so every audience will find something that's different in the content. Like, I think we were talking about it before, like, sometimes you'll watch content and you look at it and go, well, that's, uh, I'm not interested in that. Uh, And that's the whole idea of YouTube. You know, you don't have to be interested in all types of content and not every creator can appeal to every person out there because different people, different viewers find different things valuable when they go to a channel, right? Um, There's lots of different types of ways creators can create value in the content. There can be things like... um, you know, educational value, you can have entertainment value, but you can also have things like relational value, like, uh, you know, a, a vlogger would have, for example. Um, so that's something to keep in mind is there are different, people take away different things from, from the video. The I'd say, look, From a creator's point of view, a tip I give is with every video you do, think like, what does my audience actually value, my specific audience, what do they want? And how can I give them more of that? Don't just make a video for the sake of making a video. Think very carefully about what it is they're after and what they really value and what they take away from it. Because if you do that, they're more likely to keep watching your content and keep watching more. It's just when people get lazy and, you know, I don't know what to make today and I just make anything, that that starts to fall off and you do that a couple of times and then the audience just start, stops watching. And then you end up in a cycle where, you know, you haven't got as great watch time and people are now looking at other things. So think about that. In terms of what, like I said, what audiences uh, actual value, that will change. And it is very important that creators from day one, from the time they start building audiences, really think carefully about what it is they actually want from your channel, what it is they're coming there for, what it is they want from the topic generally. I think we use this example um, um, in terms of, of overall value uh, when we do some of the accelerators is that Often people will look at, for example, an account um, on cars, right? And you might think, oh, people are just interested in cars. But are they interested in cars or are they interested in the escapism around like a supercar, for example, or something that's really amazing or the creativity and, you know, the way you can paint a car and and deck it out and those kind of things. So you've got to think about that. If they're interested in those things, if that's what they value, then figure out how to give them more of that. But if you just think, hey, they're just interested in cars, got lots of car videos, and then all of a sudden they're not getting much traction – you'll realize you probably haven't hit that point of, of, of what they actually value. Mm, definitely. And to go back and round out that, that question, like what does an audience find valuable? It depends on the audience. They find different things valuable. But it, you have to identify that and deliver on it every time um, and keep that as forefront. And if you can do that, that's, that's the centerpiece for creator success almost, right? Like if you bring value 
that specific value to your specific audience every time, boom. And before I, I remember, this is actually, I think the quote ended up being wrong. I think it was Henry Ford. They asked, <laughs> when he said, he asked his audience what, what they wanted. They said they wanted a faster horse when really what they wanted was, you know, a more efficient way to get from A to B or a faster way to get from A to B. And that's how they develop. I think, I think that quote has been debunked, but the, the premise behind <laughs> it is there. Right? Sometimes what the audience will tell you also isn't specifically what they want. Um, so just keep that in mind. Um, and we've had a cr- other creators. I think on, on this podcast, um, Sarah from Wholesale Ted said the same thing. Um, like sometimes the people who are in your audience who speak the loudest actually aren't spot on about what the rest of the audience wants. So don't just look at exactly what they're saying. Um, look at how they're engaging with the content. Look at what they're taking away. Look at how the contents. Are, uh, look at how the comments are working generally, and look at your analysis and data to see where people are actually spending their time. Um, especially look at your attention graphs, see where they're, you know, what the content they're enjoying, what they're sticking around for, because that'll also give you an indication of what they're watching and what they're valuing. Yeah, totally. And I, you know, let's go off on tangents because why not? It's our show. Um, I think the Henry Ford thing probably was about the horse and there was something about black, color black, because you're giving choice of car color, if you ask my customers. But um, bringing it back to YouTube, like there was uh, Mr. Beast, Jimmy was talking about like if he listened to his audience about what to create all the time, he'd still be tipping pizza guys 10,000 bucks. Like that's, you know, he's like, I, I keep listening to them, but they like that. But I'm, I keep uh, evolving and putting my lo- own lens and, and stepping it up to take, to bring value. Um, so I think that was also interesting. It's like, if I listened to my hardcore loudest fans, I'd still be doing the same thing last year. And I wouldn't basically was saying he wouldn't be the 50 million subscriber plus Mm. mega creator that he is now so i think that's awesome to sort of keep in mind um all right let's spin one up for you frederico Ah, ah, ah. Ah, technical number 31 do i need a green screen didn't you just ask me the last question i have no idea I think you did. But yeah. you asked another one. <laughs> okay, this will be it. Okay. No, Do I need well, a no, no, screen? no. You did. You asked what an audience of value. You asked oh. me a question. Yeah. Anyway, it's a good question. Do I need a green screen? It completely depends on, on what you're filming, right? So if <laughs> what you're filming doesn't need a green screen, that's great. So basically what a green screen does is it creates a, a nice flat area in the background that you can key out um, – using a program like OBS or a video editing program and replace the background with something else. The reason they use green is I think green works better with digital um, recordings. These do use blue with film, which I think works better with film. Um, but green is nice and easy, and there are a lot of companies that make green screens. So if you do need to key out the background and replace it for some reason, then go ahead and do that. Keep in mind that if you just think it's a nifty effect and you just want to keep doing it, I don't think people will really care. It has to have some sort of intention. So whatever you're shooting has to have an intention for the audience and it has to make sense. People aren't wired just by production value. So, for example, a lot of gamers use it when they're using programs like um, OBS or their editing software to key out the background and put themselves in the game. Um, so you can see both the game and themselves on screen. That has uh, a direct effect and connection. Um, whereas um, we've used an example before, people who just want to use it just to have cool effects can often find it takes extra time to make, um, more production time is required, um, and the production value doesn't necessarily add anything to it unless, like I said, there's a specific reason why. Um, So yeah, you don't necessarily need a green screen. If you find you're doing a lot of things that do require you being in the shot, um, you know, some of the apps now like TikTok, you know, they have a green screen um, effect. Um, if you feel that having that green screen background is going to help you more, 
then yeah, go ahead and, and use them. They are fairly cost effective to buy now. Um, just keep in mind that it is not the easiest thing in the world to, to use. Um, but like I said, if it has an intention, then go ahead and do it. And we use it for our video versions of these podcasts purely because mm. my house isn't presentable enough to be in the video of our YouTube videos. So what do you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. So if you are watching the, <laughs> well, not this version, because I don't think there is any video with this version, but the normal podcast, um, you'll see us in like a basement setting. Um, that is all obviously created by one of the creators we work with who put it together in a 3D program. But we have green screens that basically key out the background so that we can put that fake background in its place. But that's just an effect we have because we are limited um, about where we can shoot and now that we're not all in the same office it's nice to have a feeling like it seems like the same place which we do, which we do digitally mm. it looks super cool thanks kudos mm. for creating that shout out all right well, let's and we have one one more question which one i'm going to ask all right it's not if i ask it first all right 67 <laughs> it's, how do i set up a green screen <laughs> <laughs> Well, long-time uh, listeners will know I'm the least technical person in the team. Um, t- the way I the way I set up a green screen is I had this really great Elgato portable screen, and it just like it's like a pop-up green screen. I open two little clasps, I open the lid, and I pull up the handle. It's a beautiful thing. Like if you know, this is great for audio. But I just turn around and I could just push it down, like uh, kind of like that. <laughs> You can all hear that. It's amazing just for audio. And that's how you set up a green screen. Um, yeah. Yes, I mean, well, we did do a session with a gaming creator, EY Stream, at a at PAX, a very big gaming conference, where we gave him 60 minutes to set up a live green screen streaming setup for gaming, and he just made it. Yeah. But that did use the Elgato background as and well. That, so, yeah. look, that, that, old school, well, old school, I mean... Um, you can get some very cheap green screens um, like um, online for like, you know, well, not very much money, but it is basically a piece of green cloth hung over a frame. Um, that's not bad, but the problem with that is it is wavy and it gets creased and those creases can show up and it can affect the way in which the green screen is working. Um, ideally, what you want is a really nice flat background on film sets and stuff like that. They have the ability to paint it or really have it nicely done and then they have tons of time post-production to make it even better. Um YouTube creators don't. So things like the Elgato green screen or the other companies that make it, I think, um, yeah, a bunch of companies who make them now. Basically, they're just tubes that pull up and they create a background behind you and they're nice and easy. Honestly, if you can do that, that would be 10 times easier. It's, it's, it is a bit more expensive, but it does save you a ton of time um, in setting it up. Um, otherwise, generally, just keep in mind a couple of things. Make sure it is as flat as possible and make sure it is evenly lit because if you have patches, it's going to key out in different ways. So evenly lit helps you take it out um, in post-production um, more easily. Or if you're using a program like OBS, it helps you replace the background more easily. Boom. Sweet. I mean, that's it. That is that's it. actually, yeah, that's all. Yeah, that's, the, that's the question. Unless you want to ask another story. bonus question because I throw you... Well, no, no, it, it's okay. Well, we actually have a time we, over the over the break. We've gotten even more questions. This list just keeps growing and growing. But hey, um, you can join us um, each week for the normal session we do, when we interview some really cool people from around the world and talk about the wonderful world of video. But we're also on Clubhouse, and yep, we're on Clubhouse every Monday in Australia. It's in the morning, ten a.m. And in the US, that's Sunday evening. So in the West, that's 4 p.m. That's 7 in the East. Wherever else in the world, you could figure that one out, hopefully. Um, but we have, you can 
ask your questions, join us on Clubhouse, um, and we get guests from all over the world to hang out with us. Really great interactive sessions. Um, we also, if you've got a question, you want to ask it, pop by and throw it at us, but also just reach out through you know Twitter, Insta, wherever else you are. Ask us a question. We'll throw it up on this podcast or, or we'll come straight back to you. Um, and one other request, if you do like this podcast, give it a rating, leave us a comment, love reading them, jump on the Apple Podcast Store and let us know. If you don't like us, um, maybe just shoot me an email directly and I'll see if I can fix it up for you. But just keep that one on the download from the podcast store. That would be really nice. But uh, otherwise, we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Create a generation. on the mic.